Welcome once again into the Soccer OG. That's me, Max Bretos. This is episode 28. As I always like to do, please, we need your support. Share, rate, review, download the latest episode, go back into the library, enjoy some of the past episodes. We're moving from strength to strength. This week in the business end, Keith Costigan is back. See how Sounders voice. Fox Soccer broadcaster. And I'm going to discuss something that I think needs to stem very quickly. The big four in England, Manchester City, Manchester United, Chelsea, and Liverpool, I think they're going to be way too big for the rest of the league. Some teams are spending in that top four, and the rest are not. We'll also have a chit-chat in stoppage time with regards to watching football. 2021 in the United States. It's not as easy as it used to be. It's great. Everything's on, but sometimes it's a bit hard work. How do we improve it? How do we get more eyeballs to tune in? That'll be coming up as well. It's the All-Star Week, so hopefully we'll be out and about here in our fair city of Los Angeles to bring you the sights, the sounds, and everything else. This is the Soccer OG. Let's get started. Please be involved with our podcasts. We appreciate the support. And we are back, late Sunday night, very busy, uh, just as the way I like it. Saturday had the LAFC game, we, we lost again, so very heavy. You know, we all support our teams. I had been supporting Florida State football, and when they lost, I got really bothered. I used to love the Cleveland Cavaliers when they lost, but they lost a lot before LeBron James. I got bothered too, and I learned to stop getting bothered. Soccer teams, U.S. men's national team, I will always get bothered when they lose. LAFC, I got to work with them, and you know I, they gave me so much joy, and they need our help. We need to push them out a little bit. Uh, they're in a bad patch. I think they'll be able to get out of it. They, If they don't, they deserve all the time necessary because of all the good times they've already brought to this franchise. But it stung. It was a rough day. I felt it. My wife's like, what's the matter? I go, I just, uh, it's not good. You feel bad. You feel bad for people you really care about. So it was a good reminder. That was a good visceral effect about what this sport can do. So I'm glad that I'm feeling bad. We'll have the All-Star Week, and I'm so thrilled to be involved with this. I want to thank Alex Sale of LAFC, who got me in contact with EMLS. So I'm calling the FIFA gaming uh, arm of the league. You're actually calling video games. And I used to laugh at that idea. But uh, I did it a lot last year, and it was therapeutic when there was no games going on, and it helped me with my craft. So I'm doing it again, and it's hard work. Uh, sometimes you're overcompensating when you're talking to uh, a virtual game and uh, it's you're learning new things. But, you know, the old dog, new tricks, bring it on. I can handle it. So I'm going to enjoy this MLS All-Star Week. Tuesday, we have the All-Star Skills Competition. Wednesday, the All-Star Game. By the way, LAFC, I don't know the latest about Carlos Vela, but it looks like he's probably going to miss both of those. He picked up a quad strain over the weekend. Real bummer. And, you know, the league, you know, I've talked to some folks in the league. They want to catch a break. They want to come to L.A. with guns blazing and LAFC doing well and people excited about the club, but it didn't happen. And I feel for it because the league deserves all the good things. They've done an incredible job on so many fronts. They had to squeeze this all-star game into a small window because it's the only way it could have worked with the schedule. Games will be happening this weekend, so it's no all-star break. It's just an all-star game. You know, players aren't getting break. They're training hard, so... Hats off to the players, the coaches, everyone involved with the league, the referees, the broadcasters, you name it. 
and uh, for muscling through here because it's been two years of muscling through since the, we got some games back to action. So that's what we're in the midst of. So I will be talking to Keith Costigan, who I, I love to talk about him because we disagree. We need disagreements. Everyone in American soccer media, we agree too much. And we always patting each other on the back. and we're, Great job, this. That. No, let's get after it. Am I the only one doing this? Keith's doing it. Let's get after it. Let's, let's stop being so nice. Let's disagree. Let's yell at each other. Because it's serious business. So it's part of what we've been seeing here. And, you know, our American soccer media. And I, I just want us to get better but we spend so much time patting ourselves on the back and congratulating this for what? Too much social media dictating what we do. And I think we'll talk about that with Keith. I know people want longer form conversations, real conversations, because we're a sophisticated level with the sport here now in this country. We'll have a conversation about that. We'll also discuss in stoppage time watching our sport in 2021 in the United States. So many streaming services, you have to bounce around. The numbers aren't really there. We'll get into that a little bit more and uh, see where we can make improvements, where we can engage the audience. I don't know if we'll ever get there the way we're splintered, but we can flesh it out. And I want to hear from you guys. Let me know as well what you're thinking. By the way, before I go any further, I almost forgot about this. I was working with the MLS folks and I got a beautiful wireless head uh, what is it called? Headset uh, that you can play video games in. And I was going to give it away. So I just want to announce it for all you folks that tuned in. Because I said I was going to announce the winner here on the Soccer OG. Alex Ruiz at ALX Ruiz 15. You are the winner, my friend. Picked out randomly. Congratulations. I'll stay. In, I'll be in contact with you to send you the headset. We'll be giving away more stuff because I like to do it. Just tune in the podcast. And make sure you check out the Soccer OG YouTube, under my YouTube page at Max Bretos, I will be talking about the latest developments for the U.S. men's national team. Wasn't a great week. Wasn't a great week. And we have World Cup qualifiers looming in 10 days, September the 2nd, 11 days, 10 days, 11 days. So we'll get into that. But enough of my yammering. Time now to bring in Keith Costigan for the business end. Stick around for stoppage time. The Soccer OG. Rate, review, share, subscribe. Get in there, lads. Business end of the soccer OG, a regular contributor, a wonderful contributor, Keith Costigan. I was a little bit worried getting on here because I was itchy trigger on Twitter today, and I could feel it. I, I sent one out, I knew it, and Keith <laughs> rolled the rolling eyes emoji at me, but we'll get to that. Keith, welcome once again to our little podcast here. It, it, it's been good. If people could have just heard the conversation we had before we came on air. Should I just start recording go at it? In? We, uh, we, we go at it, we fight, but uh, no, all good, man. Excited to be here again. Well, our sport, the coverage of our sport, everyone's in agreement, at least in the U.S. When I see it in South America or Mexico or Europe, people argue, and I love it. And there's differences of opinions, and we have to embrace it. So I'm looking forward to that conversation. And maybe you teach me a lesson or two, but I think we... Are, we're way too safe. We got to get into those situations because if we don't, the people in power of the sports, just throwing some names, FIFA, UEFA, Barcelona, 
every big organization, they're going to do business without us, but then we can kind of sort of say, this is right, this is wrong. And there's the court of public opinion that, I mean, I don't know if it's going to change anything, but if it's not there, decisions can be made without any pressure, no? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm at the point where, you know, I said this to you before we came on, I'm at the point that I feel like so many decisions are at the mercy of social media and the reaction to social media. And I don't know if that's a representation of the public as a whole. I'm, I'm, I'm tired of that. Oh, this gets hits. This is amazing. Oh, and it's become about brands rather than actual, you know, um, you know, deep delving topics in terms of the way we cover the sport, everything that teams do, decision-making. Um, I mean, maybe we'll come full cycle. I don't know. Maybe I sound like an old guy. I don't know. But um, yeah, it's, 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 it's been an interesting few years for sure. Well, I, I think some places without the knee-jerk reaction, and look, I'm on Twitter all the time, especially during big games. That's when traffic is happening for us who cover the sport. And I'll use it always. You know, sometimes I wish it was a lot less, at least a little less. But, you know, long, you know, some of these places that I mentioned, like some of the Mexican soccer shows, they'll argue for 30 minutes about who should play left back for Necaxa. And it's like, <laughs> it's not short form. It's not like quick response. I don't think people, people want that. They want small package things. But I think there's, that's the Twitter universe. And that's fine. But there's people that want in depth, get smarter, real conversations, get out of your comfort zone, because uh, they. I think you get the answers to your questions that way. No, you know, you know, my issue with social media, I mean, if we're going that route is <laughs> and, and, and anybody is an expert, right? So yes. you can find someone to back up what your opinion is. And that's it. Oh, this guy validates what I want to say. So that's who I'll retweet. And that's who, and then you're like, Hang on, what is this guy's expertise in this field? Like, you know, he's like, I'm just like, what? Like, and then, and then I, I, I scroll through some people and they're like, Hey, I did this. Like, I just bought a jersey, and I'm gonna tweet out me getting the name on the back. I'm like, who the hell's what? Why am I on this? Get the hell! It's just so much dumb on there, and people are like, people who have no expertise in certain situations have become voices in those fields, and that's that's yeah. interesting to me. That's that's yeah. kind of cute. Not 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 necessarily just talking about sports, just in general. Oh, it's like. It's like for more on COVID, let's hear from Joe Rogan. I'm like, maybe he doesn't have the answers to the COVID issues that I'm looking for here. Like, it's it's just all weird, you know? Somebody mentioned that and they were going, everyone who's these experts in COVID and I was getting lectured and lectured. I'm like, it's some 23-year-old person lecturing about COVID. And then this, this whole thing in Afghanistan happened and the same people are lecturing me about, yeah. I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> How yeah. do you know all this? You're amazing. Yeah, You are an expert <laughs> in every topic. Someone asked me my opinion and I was like, to be honest, I don't know. And I'm not going to like, you know, I haven't, I haven't gone through the comment section on Twitter today. Maybe I'll, I'll be a little bit more well-versed there. I, when, I cheat a lot on Twitter. Sometimes I'll look at the, the timeline and I'll get my opinions. But, 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 all right. Hey, did you see that game today? Oh my goodness. Is that a red card? So uh, it's, it's all very interesting, but I mean, we get, we, we get some conversations and we'll, we'll talk about, it. Hey, are you a, I got to mention, and not bury this, but you got to be pumped. We both work for MLS clubs. My club's about to host the All-Star game. We haven't won a game in seven. It's rather it's rather somber ahead of this All-Star game. It'll get better and we'll get going. Our star player uh, gets a quad injury. And then you guys, on a, the Seattle Sounders are on a tear. But it's 
it's weird because we got to the all-star game. It's not a break because there's games on the following week. Yeah, and, yeah, you yeah. know, COVID's going to accelerate and compact our schedule. But uh, I did this EMLS event calling uh, FIFA gamers. It was fun, but it was very long and taxing. I feel exhausted. But um, it's, I don't know. This is a, what do you think of the season so far? I mean, obviously Seattle is showing to be an elite team all the time. It's, it's hard not to admire. Then some other clubs have stepped up. And then there's a lot that have struggled. LAFC, Columbus. Toronto, really good teams. Generally. Yeah, yeah, no, no. Look, um, I, I have a friend, Kevin Colban, who started working on uh, TSN in, in Canada. We talk all the time. We were talking about Toronto the other day, and you know, I was watching his coverage, and he was saying, "What did you think?" And I was like, "You were, you were completely right." You know, we've we've gone past the days of, you know, trying to sell this league. I think the league sells itself. Um, and, you know, there's so many compelling storylines. Well, one thing I want to mention on, on LAFC, and, and I'll go back to social media on this. Bob Bradley is an elite level, top level, incredible coach who's who's done so much for the game in this country. I'm tired of nobodies um, who've done absolutely nothing in this game going online. Bob Bradley is trash. This and that. Oh. These are these are moments. These are these are um, situations that every coach has gone through. Jurgen Klopp in his last year at Dortmund, his team were flirting with the relegation zone halfway through the campaign. Great coaches go through situations. You, you, you lose uh, momentum. You lose certain players. You have to find a way. Um, so that, that's, that's one of the things I think we have to remember. Just because you go through a bad spell doesn't make you a bad coach, doesn't make you a bad player, doesn't make you a bad person, whatever it is. Um, but, but these are compelling storylines. There's no longer you walk into MLS, sign two or three big-name players, and, and that's it. There's so many different ways to be successful. Seattle have gone a different way. And, you know, I'm really proud to be a part of that organization and, and Brian Smetzer and what he's done. But, you know, I, I think it's been an incredible season. And I like to see, you know, the athletics coverage of MLS where, you know, they call out the league. And I think we're at that point now. You know, we're at yeah. the point where we, we can critique and, and be, you know, be critical in certain aspects. And, and the league can, can take those hits, can take those bullets. And it's been a great season. Um, I keep saying... You know, you can point to um, you can point to the the Concacaf Champions League and say, well, the, the gap hasn't been bridged. I think it has. I think we're getting closer. I think Liga MX and MLS, it, it, it's it's right there. It's going to be neck and neck over the next few years. And you know, I'm I'm extremely excited about the direction that the league is heading in. Yeah, we are invested in it, and I'm with you. Uh, it used to be one game on the national mm -hmm. level. It became a regional league. It still is, but it's moving in a, in a proper direction where the, you want to see this team player, that team. And you know what's also compelling? You mentioned the athletic is uh, we have a really good silly season. Our transfer market yeah. is extremely active. Even this last one, which we thought wasn't going to be that great. A lot of teams and it wasn't like, hey, we're going out and getting uh, Lionel Messi or we're going to sign one of these big name players. But they're getting really good prospects from South America. Some coming in here, selling players uh, to the right clubs. I mean, they can have a show about the the transfer market, and I it, it'd be probably better than some of the games. Uh, you can mention something on that. I also be I don't want to not mention this, but I appreciate what you said that about Bob Bradley. I've seen it; it's wrong. Nobody's coming to his defense enough, and it really bothers me. It's um, Coaches come to MLS and they get fired, like we saw with Gabriel Heinz. That wasn't the right fit. Heinz did nothing for that club. Bob Bradley uh, has earned time and then some for what he's done with this club. And remember, 
LAFC, I mean, they sell players because they have to to make ends meet. It's an apparatus of the league. That's why Mark Anthony Kay and Walker Zimmerman are heading towards new contracts they made these trades for. So he's on board with what the club is doing, and that's part of the vision. And that leaves you a bit shorthanded, obviously. But also, things should be always be on his terms because of what he's done for this club in three years. You know, make the playoffs. And you can't really count 2020. 2019, you, you buy all sorts of time. And, to, and 2018 as well. But, you know, a guy like Matias Almeida, they wanted his head, and he's doing a great job <laughs> now. You've got to be patient. You've got to be patient. You've got to learn that because this is, this is uh, beyond the pale, if you ask me. Yeah, and, and, and just, I mean, just to tie a bow on it with, with Bob, I, I think American coaches, um, you know, I've, I've had dealings in the past, way back in the past, where people were worried about what, you know, the critiques were from the likes of myself, the likes of you. Hey, don't be so critical. It's okay. You know, you know you're doing your work. We're going to comment on it. Um, we're going to say, hey, this is an area I think a team can improve in. Ultimately, your job is to, to make your team win games. What we say should be just noise in the background for coaches. And I think Bob is, is at that level where he knows that. But with LAFC, I would say to anybody critiquing them, you look at the team on the field in 2019 and you look at the team on the field now and you say, man for man, player for player, which team had better balance in the side? And I, I think it's the team that had more wins. So you made moves that I don't think have strengthened the team. Sometimes that happens. Um, but yeah, a, a coach like Bob to... You know, again, you mentioned the quick takes on social media, which is you're great, you win, you're trash, you lose. Come on, there's a lot more to it than that. And and Bob, you know, Bob, Bob is one of those coaches that if I was in a crisis, if I was in a difficult situation, he's he's one of those guys I would want in my corner for sure. Yeah, well said. And uh, I think the, the long form approach is winning. Uh, I don't think we feel like these blurbs of social media are effective and they get a lot of likes and traffic, but I think the people making decisions are still, no, this is the way we do it. Everyone relax. So uh, let's talk, let's, let's go across the pond, mate. Let's <laughs> big game of the weekend, Arsenal and Chelsea. And uh, I, I, I was wondering, is Arsenal this bad or is, is Chelsea this good? Cause they, they were up in an instant. I mean, they, they took the game. Romelu Lukaku looked fantastic. Christian Pulisic, we'll talk about a little bit. COVID positive, so he's watching this from home, and he's watching this team do some incredible things. And obviously, I know he's not going to play number nine, but Lukaku in the game kind of eats up a position because you're going to use Werner in some capacity there or Havertz. It's, I think there's three or four positions that five or six guys are playing for. I, I believe Pulisic's numbers might should probably get minimized here as we move forward. We shall see. There'll be a lot of fixtures. But before we get into that, I almost give Arsenal credit because I think Chelsea are that good. Because when it went down two goals, I was like, this could get five or six. So yeah. I was like, Arsenal, I go, hey, not bad. You guys hang in there. And people are obviously, I was listening to talk sport and Arsenal fans. They're not so angry. They're just, they're like, this is not good. Well, our team can't compete with that they're bringing N'Golo Kante off the bench and we're like what we, we we don't have it but uh this is to a bigger picture about the state of the league we'll get into it but how good are Chelsea how bad's Arsenal um I'd be concerned if I was Arsenal just because when you fall off the pace of the top four it's very difficult to get back in I, I remember Liverpool in 2009 missed out on Champions League qualification. And then it started that trend of five, six, seven years. And 
it never really it got back in once, but it never really got back in until Jurgen Klopp came in to get back in on a consistent basis. So it's difficult because if you're not in the Champions League, you don't have Champions League money. So you have to find, you know, the more money you have, the more likely you are to hit on a signing. So I, I, I think that's difficult. I think, you know, remember when you used to play in school and you used to pick teams and you go, okay, we have two captains. I'll have first pick, you'll have second pick. And you go back and forth and pick teams and you play and it was even. Basically, Chelsea are the team that they pick the best 11 players and you have the rest. So to compete with that is, is really, really difficult if you're an Arsenal side. Um, but I disagreed with your assessment, which was Chelsea have spent money again. They're going to be streets ahead of everybody again because this is a Chelsea team that spent over 200 million last summer and finished behind Liverpool in the league table a Liverpool team who played without any centre-backs for the entire year. So I, I think there is I think there is different ways of doing business. Um, I think you give yourself a better opportunity to be successful. Chelsea will be there. Man City will be there. But I also think Liverpool will be there as well. Um, but I, I think for Arsenal, you've dug yourself a hole over the last few years. Is Arteta the man to get you out? I don't know. Is there someone there that could get more out of this squad? Again, I don't know. But it, it's going to be difficult to break back into that four because the, the, the squads, man for man, are so much better than the players that you're dealing with right now. I think, yeah, for Arsenal, it's a situation where like, hey, we compete for a top four spot. Now that's that's the ceiling. And, and the, uh, you know, there were still hopes that maybe we'd win the Premier League. But, you know, I heard a bunch of pundits that are talking about Arsenal today, and they're like, I think we've seen the last Arsenal <laughs> Premier League title. I mean, it's been a long time since they did it, but I don't see how they, how we, as they're speaking of their club, can overcome Chelsea, Manchester City, Manchester United, the way they're built right now, and to Liverpool. So yeah. you you look at those four, <laughs> and they're like, okay, every one of these teams have to have a stinker for us to make first four or to make the top four, and then we're going to have to navigate against clubs that have just a better roster, a better spirit than we do, like Leicester, like Aston Villa. I mean, I, I was looking at the standings, and I'd say Arsenal right now are the ninth or 10th best team yep. in the Premier League. I don't think they can hold yeah, back I, to I, Villa or Leicester or West Ham. No, no, but look, I think there's cycles, right? So I was, I'm a Liverpool fan. I was there when Liverpool had Roy Hodgson introduce Christian Poulsen, Danny Wilson, and Joe Cole as our summer signings. I'm, ta- I'm not talking about 28-year-old Joe Cole. I'm talking about 58-year-old Joe Cole. So I'm like, how is Liverpool ever going to compete again? So you have to you have to figure out what way you want to do business. Um, you know, you have to attract. If you're not uh, at the top end of the the transfer scale, can you attract the best young players coming through? Then you have to hit the jackpot on the other side. Have we got a manager? that's going to get the best out of them. And we catch one of these top four teams on the downward end of a cycle because every team's go through cycles. I mean, it's, it's natural, you know, Manchester United, Liverpool, they're not always going to hit. They're not always going to have Liverpool had a difficult year last year, turned it around right at the end, but that would have been a prime opportunity for Arsenal to elevate themselves back into the top four. And remember, look, Arsenal are a massive draw in your theory on that era. There's so many players that have grown up watching Thierry Henry that want to play for Arsenal if they're at the top level in the Champions League. So I, I, I think they come back eventually. But right now, the hole they're in, there's a couple of questions they need to ask. Are we financially making the right decisions? Are we 
you know, throwing money at, at the problem that's not really going to, you know, give us long-term success? And do we have the right man in charge to, to steady this ship? And those are the big questions to ask right now if you're an Arsenal fan. And that might be three no's. I'm not saying they are, but you might, yeah, have, yeah, you might have three yeah. no's there. Okay, I'm going to talk about the tweet because let's face it. I was on Twitter. I felt like ruffling <laughs> some feathers. I knew this tweet would do it. Got a lot of folks, you know, typical, here we go, stick to MLS. Oh, it's funny, you know, all that. I go, I knew it was coming. So I deserve it, but I tweeted this. I, Arlo White, I'm going to get on the show here. I want to have a nice round table about this. Uh, he even responded, he goes, no one is touching Chelsea. This is me. No one is touching Chelsea or City in Premier League. Manchester United and Liverpool will finish clear third and fourth. And when I said that, by the way, I meant either of them could finish third or fourth. I didn't mean Man sure, United. Sure. Yeah. Uh, all four will cruise in Champions League groups. Are we sure we don't want a Super League? And I knew that would that would get people up and at. But I mean, everyone had different issues with that tweet. And I patted myself on the back. I go, Bredos, you did it. Uh, you packed three or four talking points in here. Uh, should there be a Super League? I think it would be naive to think that we won't have one because money is going to continue pouring in and those top clubs are going to want to control it more. And if they're in a league, and again, Super League would have gotten rid of Champions League, not the leagues. Yes. that if you would have poured more money that they would look for a better challenge that they can control. I still think there's enough energy there for this thing to come up, even though it, it collapsed in dismal fashion, uh, thanks to the protest at, at Manchester United. So I think, and other places, Chelsea and Manchester City already made the big signings that not many clubs in the English Premier League or in other leagues are making. I'm talking like Bayern Munich, other than PSG, not even Real Madrid or Barca made these moves for obvious reasons, but they're going to separate it because Man City could get Jack Grealish because they'll probably get Harry Kane. That's a quarter of a billion dollars there. Man United getting Jaden Sancho, Rafael Varane, maybe getting some more here before it's all said and done. Um, Manchester, oh no, I did the two Manchester, Chelsea getting Romelu Lukaku and the big signings from a year ago. And then Liverpool, not in that case, but because of their coach and their spirit, they're going to be there and because of the players they have. I, I, I truly believe no one's touching those four teams. And some point in November, December, there's going to be a big gap between four and the rest. And that's happened before. That's how it used to be in the old days. But I think with the money that's being talked, I think, and, and if they cruise in the Champions League and there's not the competition there, these questions are going to come up. So I don't think it's far-fetched to bring it up. But it's weird that people that had different problems with it. And I go, look, I'm, I'm not, people go, why don't you have respect to Liverpool? I go, I do. I'm just saying they're part of that quartet and they're going to spend money here at some point. Yeah, look, I, I, I mean, I, I never understand the idea that if you, if you offer an opinion, you're not showing respect. You know, you're offering an opinion. This is how I feel it's going to go. So I, I disagree with the assumption that all spending leads to you're just naturally better. Because if that was the case, Chelsea and Man City would be the top two teams every year in, in the Premier League. Manchester United over the last seven or eight years since Alex Ferguson has left has spent, you know, massive amounts of money. Um, Liverpool have, you know, spent money as well, but they, they've done it in a way where they have the right man in charge to move them forward. Romelu Lukaku has been in the Premier League before. I'm, I'm, of the, um, I'm, I'm one of these people that respected him from day one. You know, in England, he wasn't respected before. It was That's absolutely right. Ridiculous. Ridiculous to me. Romelu Lukaku was a top forward when he was in the Premier League before. He's a top forward in Syria. I don't think he's got like incredibly better over the last two years in Inter Milan. I just think they played to his strengths and he's a top level player. Chelsea bringing him in automatically makes him better because I think he is 
one of the top three, four strikers in the world. But I also think Liverpool, in two of the last three years, finished with 99 and 98 points in the Premier League. I think they finished 18 points ahead of Manchester City and 34 points ahead of Chelsea, who spent a lot more money. Last year, 200 million spent by Chelsea, and they still finished behind Liverpool in the Premier League. So and it's not necessarily about money. It's, it's how, you, how you utilize that in the market. Now, onto the Super League. The Super League issue, I think fans have always had the issue with, is you can't just close a league and say, well, we spent money, so it's on us now. Um, we're in this league and nobody else gets in. If you have an open concept Super League that every year you have to finish in the top four of your domestic league to get in, I'm fine with it because any team can then go out and spend and see if they can make it in. Leicester City is an example. Um, The issue is teams have done really poorly um, with their money, with their finances, with their decision-making, Barcelona, Real Madrid, they are nervous of the pulling power of the Premier League and the way they position themselves. And they are saying, we want a guarantee of money every year. That's not going to happen. And for me, I'm almost surprised Premier League clubs would buy into a system that would almost... In the first place, like bought it around yeah. the first time. But yeah, they did. Doesn't that give you pause that they did? That they're like, oh, okay, we're in. And then, oh, okay, no, we're out. I don't no, think you just... No, I, 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 but the reason I believe they did is because they obviously feel like, here's the bottom line now, we're making, let's say, 100 million. If we're playing Real Madrid five times a year, it's now 300 million. And we can't be relegated? Oh, we can have a bad year. Who cares? And that's American sports. Like, I, I, I look at, you know, the Patriots last year without Tom Brady. Oh, they're terrible. Who cares? No, there should be care. Like, there has to be a bottom end. Like, you don't have five, six restaurants on your street where they, they pull the money together and one of them is terrible. And it's like, well, I don't have to worry. We're all sharing the money. No, that restaurant goes under and someone else comes in and takes its place. That's the way business works. And that's how that people, whether you, you're right in the sense that nobody's going to touch the top four right now, but it is a system that any club owner can come in and say, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. And we're going to make it as close as possible. And if we do get in the top four, we own it. The idea that you close that idea, that, that the glimmer of hope is almost like saying, hey, the American dream is over. It's not, it's not for everybody anymore. It's just for the elite. And, and that was the issue most people have. So I understood your, your message, but yeah, I obviously completely disagreed with it. <laughs> <laughs> I love the restaurant analogy. It's like, Pepe, how's it going? <laughs> Great, man. I don't have an empty table all week. What about you, Steve? <laughs> Fantastic. The spaghetti's flying out. You know, everyone wants it. <laughs> what about Eugene? Oh, man, I can't get anyone here. But man, thanks for the check. I appreciate <laughs> it. I'm going to take the rest of the week. I'm going to take the rest of the week off. I'm going to go out to Big Bear and the boat. We're all good. Uh, <laughs> hey, wouldn't you want, wouldn't you, as it goes, if there was a big four that kind of separated and we're watching games like Chelsea five, Norwich nil and some of these teams getting pushed around. Don't you get in your head and go, man, it'd be Super League. Or if we're watching Champions League games more appropriately, it's Ludo Goretz losing by eight to one of the Super League clubs. Wouldn't you stop thinking, I wouldn't mind watching a Super League. I understand that about the thing. Wouldn't you want to see it where we're going to get, all right, we're going to get Real Madrid, Chelsea. We're going to get PSG, Liverpool. We're going to get Barcelona versus uh, Manchester City. 
Yeah, but like for me, the essence of the game is those smaller clubs too. Like, you know, every year, you know, there's someone in Champions League that makes a run, you know, that defies Not the, the last couple of years. Yeah, look, look. Maybe. <laughs> and, 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 again, you know, again, you have teams that can, you know, a, a French team that will step up and, and challenge or a Bayern or, or, or a Dortmund, excuse me, who will go deep in the competition. Um yeah, I would agree with you. It's separated over the last few years. And, you know, maybe, maybe in, in terms of, I think financial fair play was 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 brought in somewhat to, to balance that, but it really hasn't worked because all you're saying is spend what you earn. Well, if you already earn more than everybody else, you're still ahead of it. And then you're almost restricting teams coming through. So I just don't, I just don't want to restrict the pathway. I like Champions League in the current format. Um, you know, I, I, t- I think from the round of 16 on, we have really interesting games. Would I just like to see those 16 teams every year? Would I don't know. I don't know if it would be as sexy, if it would be as, uh, you know, must watch if we saw it every week, you know? Uh, Keith, I'm with you, but I just, I sense that these games in the Champions League, you're looking at it once in a while, you'll get it. And I think it was it Shakhtar Donetsk beat Real Madrid in the opening group game sure, last sure, season. You're sure. like, oh, great. And then it all corrected itself. And it was like, those teams finished in the exact spots we expected to them with maybe one or two exceptions. And I know this happened in the past and it's cyclical, but I do feel and or even fear the money and the, the, the processes we have gone through where these teams have lost so much, but we tune in for these big names that we won't. And, you know, the middle pack, lower division, lower tier teams, have to be supported by these big names that continue to be big names and is it is there this movement that it's it's a shift that it's the point of no return like it's always come back in years past but there's something that tells me because the money is so astronomical that maybe there's that shift and then it becomes the haves if you cross that line and the have-nots i hope i'm wrong but i i i I see them getting i'm getting they're getting fatter those clubs not all of them but they are you're getting fatter. And then, as you mentioned, when you get to that point, um, if you're a, a Liverpool or, a, you know, a Bayern or, or Real Madrid, you're saying, well, to compete with Chelsea and Man City, we're going to have to close this off. We're going to have to we're going to have to get guaranteed money in because we can't, you know, bet the house on this and then lose and then lose. Every, like so. Um, but but instead of controlling the league, I think we need to control the money. Um, we, we need to figure that out. We need to we need to have a better a stricter policy with financial doping. Which is, which is, Count me into yes. that. So some, some of those big clubs when, I, I mean, not to get too in depth, but when UEFA are doing an investigation into a big club, pretending that this company's investing 100 million, they do an investigation and they're saying, well, hang on, you're only giving them 2 million worth of advertising. Let's split the difference. Let's call it 50. That's financial doping. You've allowed them to inject money into their, you know, so... it's scary um i just don't want to lose the grassroots level of this game because i think it's so important um for me football is not just liverpool um manchester united it's sheffield wednesday it's you know those kind of clubs that you know sound like like a stewart that means so much to me and when you get to go to those games it's it's you you feel the real essence of football so i i hope i hope we, we, we correct the course that we're, we're heading in. And you know me. I I've, I fell in love with the Premier League 25 years ago, maybe a little longer, and I was just like just drawn in. And then the other leagues. And I've even said it. I want to go to England, hopefully, 2022. 
go to see a game at Brentford, go see a game at West Ham or Watford and enjoy that because it is, it's the purest, it's the purest form, but it has been perverted a bit with the money and uh, the premier league in general, the whole concept of that and these teams that have done it. So uh, it, it, it really is. I love it all. I want the status quo. So I hope, you know, we can even those things out. I don't want to see hundred million dollar transfers. It's ridiculous. Yeah. hundred yeah. million dollars. <laughs> and like twice for Man City, hundred here, 120 here, whatever they get for Kane, which is probably going to happen. But it's just, it's yeah. just because we see it from MLS. These teams are grinding and, you know, not other teams in that tier are spending that money, especially during the pandemic. And it's a bit weird. I know we'll, we'll, we can pick that up, but the great conversation. Are, 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 are you, are you going to hit on your Pulisic tweet as well? Yes, yes. Let's go to Christian Pulisic. Okay, yeah. Uh, do yeah. I bring that up? Let me bring up my Pulisic tweet. I was on fire on Sunday. So uh, <laughs> I tweeted a lot. So I'm going to have to scroll down to this. Oh, there we go. There, there That's good. Oh, and do you see this thing at Marseille and Nice? Yeah, I mean, that was, I mean, Payet. Yeah, I mean. I understood his frustration. He, you can't do that. Do that. You, you, can, you can't do what he did, but you also, as fans, you don't have any right to do whatever you want to players or say whatever you want to players. So, yeah, I mean, I, I have sympathy for him too, to be honest. You know what's crazy? So in case you missed it, Marseille and Nice. Uh, nice is spending a lot of money to become a competitive team. They have, we talked about Chris Gaultier, the new coach who won the championship. So Nice is on a rocket ship for success. So they got some good players on the team. Uh, then their fans, they have the ultras and they threw stuff at the Marseille players, Dimitri Payet, the best Marseille player threw something back at them. And, uh, it just all went off the shirtless fans from Nice getting onto the field. And again, big rivalry game. A couple of things were crazy. The Marseille players did not budge. They didn't run. I would have ran to the locker room when you see <laughs> if it's, if it's another team, you stick around, but if it's yeah, fans yeah. drunk and shirtless, I'm out of there. The Marseille players there, the Marseille coach, Jorge Sampoli, jumped over the fence to try and confront some of them. And obviously throwing something back. And this is, I found this a little bit funny. So the fans throw stuff at Payet. Payet throws it back. And now all of a sudden the fans are outraged. How dare you throw stuff at us? I go, you started it, you dingbats. They were like, how dare you? I go, stop throwing You're stuff. Rich. You're right. You have no right to do that. They, like, they came on the field. You have no right to do that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, look, look. As players, some of this, I, I, I've, I've talked to people, and they say, "Oh, soccer players, they earn so much money." I'm like, "You're still, you still have the same human feelings, like of when people talk bad to you and say things to you, or you know, or demean you, you know, on social media, everything like that." And then, yeah, you throw something at somebody. You think that's okay? That's that's not okay. So, you know. Look, Payet, um, you know, probably shouldn't have acted the way he did. But for me, if I'm his manager, I'm defending him and saying, look, this has got to stop. Like, you can't have fans throwing stuff on the field. Uh, yeah, completely sympathize with the, the, the issue. And yeah, we've got to control the fans in these situations. Yeah, I, I hope Nice, they throw the book at them for a while because that is, that is crap right there. Not literally throw a book at them. I hope Don't throw a book. Don't throw anything. Just lock the door. <laughs> Don't let them in. They'll find a way in. It's a small club. It's a small stadium. But look, they have a, a wonderful thing to look forward to. So just relax. Yeah, yeah. Okay. You're you trying to avoid the Pulisic tweet. Yeah. I know. Here it is. Are you ready? for the, I did. That was a huge left turn. <laughs> so Chelsea's winning over Arsenal. Christian Pulisic is at home, convalescing from COVID. And I tweeted, Pulisic has to be sitting at home thinking, how am I going to be a regular in this starting eleven? 
And as you know, you're scratching your head, I can see. And as you know, <laughs> I am invested with Christian Pulisic, as I am with Zach Steffen. We are heading to an incredible run for the U.S. men's national team. And that's what this is all about. I need my guy, Christian, to be playing games all the time. So I tweeted that, the responses, as you could imagine. He'll get games. He's got to earn his spot. I go, great. What if he earns his spot and he still can't crack it because that team's really good and they're getting results? Just thinking out loud. And then they would go on a little further and uh, they'd say he wants to play on a good team. It's better than him playing all the time for an average team. And I'm like, eh, I'm not 100% sure. And then they said, these are some of the responses. I'm not, this mythical they. Then what was said was they'll have games like the FA Cup and some of the games here where he'll play. And go, ah, I don't want like the, the, the leftovers. He's got to play in these big games. Granted, playing for Chelsea, coming on for 30 minutes in a Champions League semifinal or a game against Manchester City or Manchester United or Liverpool probably outweighs starting for Arsenal or West Ham or Crystal Palace and playing, you know, middle of the pack Premier League teams. Probably. I would, I would concede that. But I think he needs to play important games because his teammates on the men's national team are playing it. I think he deserves it. But it's, it's, it's not the – I'm not convinced that it's the right fit the way Tuchel is playing. So I just want him to be accountable. And if he sees it going a certain way, say, you know what? Uh, I, need, I need to go somewhere else. Because it could go on that trajectory, let, let in my opinion. I'm confused, right? Because I, I think I've seen you somewhere before. I think I saw you. Here we go. Hosting. I think I saw you hosting Sports Center, right? So I'm, I'm guessing when ESPN approached you, um, there was the op the opportunity to be the local commentator here in the Santa Monica local leagues, and where you would host every week Sports Center. Oh, here we go. Wants, everybody wants to host Sports Center. What was your immediate thought when ESPN Sports Center came in? You were like, I am there because I'm competitive, because I know how good I am. I know my worth. You win, you, you delivered, you killed it. If you are at the top level of any, um, of any kind of job or any, any career, you have belief in yourself. And, you know, I take away the emotion, you know, take away the American, take away Christian Pulisic just as a player against others. When I've watched Christian Pulisic over the last, you know, year and a half at Chelsea, when he's played, I think he's delivered. You know, he hasn't listened to the noise of, you don't reach One, the top. You he, don't he clearly that. hasn't. He, he's been no. a good – but I've even heard some people suggest that because he's American, he's like, yes, coach, no, coach. That makes it easy for him to put him <laughs> there where others would, would make a stink. Stop reading the comments section <laughs> on social media. Like, this is not – like, I, I thought Pulisic, there was obviously yeah. tension. There was obviously tension with La uh, Lampard initially, and he won Lampard over. You know, for me, it's like – Why does he always have to win people over? Why does he always have to win people over? When, when, you, when you're at the biggest clubs, Vinicius Jr. is at Real Madrid. He has to win Ancelotti over every week. He's Brazilian. It's like when you sign for the biggest clubs, Grealish, 100 million. Raheem Sterling plays there already. Uh, Kevin De Bruyne plays there already. You, when you're a great player, you're going to be among other great players. And you have to have that belief. I, you know, Deep down, at some point, are these players saying, why are we signing another player? But they also know, this is what I signed up for. To be at the very top, I have to compete every single day. And there's nothing from Christian Pulisic that I've seen that suggests he doesn't have the stomach for the fight. And that, for me, is what bodes better than anything else I've seen for the U.S. men's national team. 
Could you go play and guarantee yourself a game somewhere else? What do you want to play somewhere where you're guaranteed to play? Where's the pressure then? This is, when I get in, I'll prove it again. And Thomas Tuchel, what's his job? To win games. Pick the best. You think Thomas Tuchel's like, well, Pulisic scored a hat-trick last week, but I really like Kai Hever. No, he's going to pick the best 11, and that's what it's always going to be on. And I, I, have, faith in, I have faith in Christian. I get your argument that there's a lot of great players, but if you're going to play for one of those five, six, seven, eight elite clubs in the world, there's no guarantee of anything, really. Diego Jota signed for Liverpool. Portugal's maybe next great hope of an attacker. He's not guaranteed to break the front three of Liverpool week in, week out. Well, I'll give you a counterpoint. Jesse Lingard. Manchester United not fitting. It falls from grace. This goes goes on a loan, goes to West Ham. And uh, player of the week here, player of the week there. I would imagine, I couldn't tell you this for certain, but he moved right up to the bumper of maybe those last players selected for the English national team that almost won the European Cup. I don't think that happens if he's at Manchester United not getting the minutes and games he deserves. And he was revitalized. And I'm not saying, and I think it's, a, it's not apples to apples here. I think Christian Pulisic, and people go, he, he's got to train harder. I go, how do you know how he's training? I'm sure he's <laughs> training plenty hard. Again, don't, re- don't read into this. So yeah. it, it's a tough situation, but I, to me, it's how far the pecking order. If he plays here and there and makes games, comes off the bench, I'm okay. But if what we've seen in the last couple of years where he's kind of fallen off where he's not playing, then uh, there's, a, there's that threshold where I think he's got to go. And all your points are amazing, Keith. You'd be incredible. Uh, but I think at some point you say, I, right, I have got to get games. I want to be part where I am the man. I know that you know, that's a very American. No, thing no, 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 well. no, 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 I want to be no, the guy I, build around yeah, me. I, I, I agree. I agree with that premise, but I don't think we're there yet. I think every time Christians had a run of games and played well, he's had a setback. He's had an injury. You know, he's had, cult, you know, something like that where um, I, I, I think in the, in the, in the grand scheme of a season, We'll see where it plays out. If at the end of this season, we're looking back and saying Christian Pulisic started seven games for Chelsea, um, I think Christian would reevaluate himself. But we're not there yet. And I do think within that squad, the Kai Havertz, you know, Timo Werner, those kind of players, um, I, I, I don't see why Christian can't look at that and say, I'm going to play. I'm going to play ahead of these. Like, why not? Like, this is, I want that mentality in my squad over, over anybody. So I, I think that, I think it bodes well for, for the U.S. men's national team as well. And, and look, he's not just looking at that. A lot of young play, a lot of young U.S. players making the move to Europe as well. So it's, it's exciting times to have all of those players be competitive with one another as we move forward too. I had like 15 topics for us to discuss, but we, in three topics, we, I think we ate up a lot of the time. So well, do you want to, what's more interesting here? Ronaldo sitting out for Juventus, maybe wanting to, get a transfer which is crazy even manchester united was mentioned i i don't know how much he could contribute he's still a great player but he's going to sell a lot of jerseys i for the one for the record i don't know if the messy thing is going to go that great with psg they'll do well but it could be a situation where you can't play all those guys at once but ronaldo may be going there that's a pretty interesting topic or the la liga i mean i don't What's going on? This, What's this going the first, on there? The, the, Real Madrid the first, and like what? It's the first year where like you've gone through a summer of transfers, and Barca are like, "Hey, um, Memphis Depay is available." Yeah, yeah. Well, well, you're not talking about Barca being like muscling in and hey, we're going to force Coutinho out of here. This and that, and you know, 
hopefully they've learned their lesson from the horrible, horrible decisions they've made over the last few years of Griezmann, Coutinho, uh, Pjanic, like a bunch of players that they've signed. Dembele, so, a lot of them. Yeah, so there, there's so much, so much money that's been spent that they've done in a, in a horrible... So, there's, no way, there's no way they'll ever spend like that. It's just absurd. No, no. I remember, but, I remember but, when it was happening, you're like, what the heck? Bang, bang, I, bang. I can't feel sorry for a team that have handled themselves in a business sense so poorly. That, that's all on you. So, you know what? No, no sympathy there. Real Madrid... They have the look of the old guy in the corner who's counting their pennies, and they're going, no, you guys go ahead this season. We'll, we'll see you at the end of the year. We're saving Real our Madrid, money. Real Madrid will, will retool. They'll come back. I believe there's an agreement in place with Mbappe. Um, I believe he's going to I think so, too. I, I, I believe. I know for a fact Mbappe has a relationship or has a, you know, a, a mutual admiration for Klopp. I don't think that would happen with Liverpool because Real Madrid planned to blow everybody out the water with this deal. They're going to regroup and they position themselves in a better manner, maybe because they handled the Ronaldo exit a little bit better than Barca did with Messi to, to retool and be a, be a threat again. And football needs it. Football needs Real Madrid's and Barcelona's to, to threaten the, the, the Premier League teams. Uh, the Ronaldo story, I mean, I, I really oh, honestly... Where does he go? I mean, is it, do you go to Manchester United? Where's he going to play? They just got Jaden Sancho. They got, is it, go back to Real Madrid. I mean, they, they need to get younger. And No, this, look, look, no. This, this is a story. Um, let, me tell, let, me, let me explain it like this. Juventus are like, almost to the point where like, hey, if you want to go, the door, <laughs> the door's open. We're not going to stand in your way. It's not you, like, it's me. Yeah, yeah. so <laughs> the fact that Juve are like, oh, if you want to go, I mean, you can... That tells you all you need to know. It's like they understand that like the cost of some of these players now almost outweighs the benefit of what they bring on the field. Ronaldo will score goals, but at one year he's gonna he's gonna drop. That's that's the way it works. Yeah. And I think we're we're right around that point with Cristiano Ronaldo. And he, he, Pep's not gonna sign him. Pep's not gonna sign him and say you don't have to do any work. You know, Pep's all about his system. Klopp's about it. all these kind of top-level coaches. So Manchester United aren't signing him to, to, to restrict the development of a Mason Greenwood. So I think he stands at Juve. I think he's a little bit, you know, upset, you know, in, in terms of the fact that maybe there's not more interest. Maybe he's coming towards the end of his career as well. But for me, it, it's not. A, I see Ronaldo stories now and I flick right by them. It, yeah. It's not of interest to me. I know one place where there's interest for him. Yes. <laughs> but <laughs> look, Real Madrid are probably happy they cut ties with him when they did so they can start the process. And Barcelona's going to struggle here, but I think they're going to wake up one day very soon with Lionel Messi out and not and starting to get out of this huge hole that they are in financially. They're going to be like, oh, let's yeah. move forward. We're still Barcelona. Let's go. People are going to enjoy watching this team. They're going to finish probably in the top three. I think they'll they'll have... They'll get in the Champions League, make a quarterfinal, which is good. Uh, they're not going to bottom out. They're not going to be great, but at least that process begins, which I think yeah. is uh, yeah. absolute this, relief. This, this is what I mean, the cycle. They're on the downwards, but Barcelona will be back. They will. They have enough scouts. They have enough young South American players, young Argentine players who are like, I want to be the next Messi. That's what they're out there looking for right now to, to fit that profile. And they'll go through the cycle again. And maybe they'll be more intelligent at the end of the cycle. I doubt it. Yeah. I doubt it, but maybe they will. Keith, you are, I, I'm going to give you the W in the business end this week. 
maybe your first uh since you've been on the og but uh that was a <laughs> wasn't comprehensive but i'm giving you you're raising the hand split decision to the judges <laughs> i don't i don't know if it's okay to say this word on on your podcast but you did text me that i'm a dick on twitter but what? you still like you, you text me that i'm a dick on twitter did i say you that said, you said but i like you for it <laughs> kindred spirits my friend kindred spirits <laughs> i'll see you around the all-star week Yes, for sure. For Good sure. Man. I'm, I'm down your way. I'm downtown tomorrow evening at Babel. So if you're all right, right, let me know. I'm going to do something by the Coliseum. So we'll okay. do something. Maybe we can have uh, a, a cup of a chamomile tea or something. For sure. For sure. <laughs> Keith Costigan, the great here on the soccer OG. We'll come back with the business. Well, not the business. We'll come back with stoppage time. Talk about watching the beautiful game in the USA in 2021. Not as easy as you think. Time now to wrap things up here on the Soccer OG with stoppage time and uh, the phenomenon that we're dealing with as American soccer fans in watching our leagues and the hope that more people will tune in to bolster our sport. It's a great problem right now. And to begin this topic, we, we have to look at what has happened over the last few months. A lot has happened with regards to soccer rights in this country. You really have to take note. You gotta get your ledger out so you know when you wanna watch games, you know what to do. Uh, NBC and the Premier League remains uh, steadfast. Those rights will be coming up soon. It would be shocking if it goes somewhere other than NBC because NBC has jettisoned uh, the NHL and other broadcasters have gotten fat spending on other properties. ESPN with the NHL, ESPN with La Liga, ESPN last year with the Bundesliga, CBS bringing in Italian Serie A to bolster their soccer portfolio, which also includes the Champions League. We don't know about stuff like Amazon and Turner. Will they get back in? Fox had a busy summer as well, but they are really looking in as, uh, as the World Cup and MLS. The MLS rights will come up next year. I think that's going to be a big number. One thing for sure, the rights of the rights fees have been fantastic for the sport and get you excited. None bigger than La Liga, which uh, had an eight-year deal with ESPN, Disney, $1.4 billion. $1.4 billion, a huge coup for a channel that was very excited about it and still is, although they lost the most marketable star. And when you look at their coverage rollout, that they promised, and the ESPN pro production around it has been great. Good friends of mine like Dan Thomas and Alejandro Moreno, front-facing, those are the, the best in the business. Uh, Ian Dark and Derek Ray and John, uh, John Champion, I'm sure. I haven't heard it yet, but he's going to be involved. He, I'm sorry, he did, he did do it. And uh, Stuart Robson, great voices. I would like to see some more Latino voices. Uh, we don't get that. I mean, Derek Ray, for instance, who is meticulous with the German pronunciations isn't as much with the Spanish pronunciations, which is a bit of a relief because I, you know, it's, you'd like to be pronounced correctly. He's not mispronouncing it, but it's not the same as you see him with the Bundesliga. You don't get that insight. And I'd like to see some more uh, Spanish speaking people familiar with uh, the league and the countries that participate in a bigger picture there. <clears throat> Excuse me. We have, <clears throat> wow, a little frog in my throat. Otherwise, it's very good. That's me nitpicking. Uh, their coverage has been fantastic. And then you had this week in CBS Paramount Plus 
broadcasting the Serie A. Uh, Matteo Bonetti, good dude, really informative, knows the league inside and out. A bunch of other people I didn't really recognize. And no players on, the, on their set, no ex-players, which you really need. You know what I'd love to see on that? Maybe not this year because he's still active, but wouldn't it be great if that Zlatan on the Serie A coverage? You need something to draw in the fans. We're not doing that yet. And as, as uh, Keith Costigan said it, we react a lot to the social media aspect of sides, but you've got to go to the meat and potatoes because the older audience is who's going to tune in, who's going to pay this money to get this fee because they want to watch these leagues. But regardless of how we present it, there is so much. There's so much you have to watch, and you can't watch it all. And um, fans that aren't as sophisticated don't know what they're watching. So I asked that question uh, on some of my social media handles about what we need to do to be able to get folks involved. So, by the way, before we move forward, I think we covered all of the leagues that are going to be on the plate. The Bundesliga is on ESPN. They do a great job with that, streaming that. Now you have La Liga. ESPN Plus is an incredible site to get all these games. If it was all on there, it would probably be a lot easier, but it's not. And that's good. Competitive soccer rights. you got to flick to NBC, whatever you get that, to watch those games. Or Peacock. Peacock Sports uh, channels. You have to go to Paramount Plus to watch the Serie A. you got to go to BN Sports to watch French League. We're still waiting to see Lionel Messi. We haven't had him yet two games in or three games in. And we hope we'll see him before the international break, kind of kind of getting a little impatient. By the way, that PSG team, no Neymar, no Donnarumma, no Sergio Ramos, but they've been a fun watch. But people aren't going to watch unless you get that. And a lot of people don't have B in sports, making things even more difficult for that audience that was going to tune into La Liga to watch Lionel Messi. And now they're going to lose some in the transition to B in sports just for the fact that not many people get it. The numbers for ABC for the opening game of La Liga, which was a huge rollout. It was a beautiful rollout. So much going on. This game was on ABC. And Barcelona, even without Lionel Messi, still a big draw, taking on Real Sociedad, got 456,000 viewers. Again, that's on ABC. You could show me tap dancing, and I would get 700,000 viewers if it was on ABC. Just because people would tune in going, what the heck is this? Why is it on? I'm going to watch it for a few minutes. I probably wouldn't get 700. I'd get about, I'd get like 400. <laughs> it's just a massive network. So that's a hugely disappointing number. And I don't think it's going to change more because what are you tuning in? If Real Madrid get hot, if they get Kylian Mbappe, as we talked about with Keith, Real Madrid will be active and this will pay off down the road. Will it get more subscribers to ESPN Plus? I don't know, but you have to have ESPN Plus. They've done a great job bundling it with Disney. And you get the UFC, you get the Bundesliga, and you get a whole lot more uh, good programming. They've done a great job with that. The number was disappointing. CBS spent $200 million on Serie A. Still a big number, even though it pales comparison to the La Liga number, which I don't know how it would have changed if they didn't have Messi, but it just goes to show how influential he is because people tune in to see him every week, and we'll see that here. Uh NBC continues to do well. Uh, I'm sure they would like to do better, but they're doing well. The opening game on NBC, Liverpool-Norwich, 912,000. Good. NBC's coverage is fantastic. I love how they stick around after the games, the announcers lay out, and you see all the sights and sound from these stadiums, which are getting full. Manchester City, Chelsea with Christian Pulisic, if that continues, will continue to deliver for 
NBC, Liverpool, obviously Manchester United. There's so many teams. They're into the bloodstream. They're going to always do well. It's the best league. It's kicking everyone's tail. With the exception of Liga MX on the Spanish side, which is the king. And that's something else we have to see. And MLS, MLS's numbers have been optimistic. And I think it'll pay off in a big way. The league is good. The players are interesting. And uh, it's getting a bigger piece of the pie. So it's a steady climb, but it's a, it's a climb. And you can't say that about everything. I was talking to my friend about, I said, 456000 for for Barcelona Real Sociedad on ABC. And he told me what the WNBA got and it was a lot higher than that. Not good. You got to be beating the WNBA. But how do fans see all this? It's all streaming. So you have to basically get out of one service to get into another. Can we make that easier? Obviously, maybe you can calibrate something where it's a, a, a punch away where you get to these games maybe there's a collective service that all these channels can do or say hey you're soccer and you can see this here at the touch of a button i don't know how they do that but i'd like to see some improvements with regards to that host broadcaster host broadcaster world feed so what that is every soccer league provides a broadcast group that goes over the air if you are a rights holder you can put your own broadcast over so NBC has the English world feed. They keep most of it. They get Arlo White and those guys on there uh, for the featured games that they want to produce. And there's a lot of benefits to that. You can promote things. You can control the, the narrative. You know the audience you're talking about or talking to so you can address them. And they do that. They're talking to an American audience. That helps. We need to eliminate big portions of the world feed, even when it's good. But the problem is it's good with the Premier League. It's okay with the Bundesliga. City, City, there's two good teams. And then afterwards, it sounds like a college professor they pulled in to call a game. And the enthusiasm is not quite there. But the biggest problem is they don't know they're broadcasting to a U.S. feed. I'm sure they do, but they're told you're broadcasting to a world feed. People got to spend money and bring in broadcasters. And I'm self-serving because I'll be one, hopefully one of those guys making a little coin off of this. But that has to happen with much more regularity. Fans want to be feeling like they're talking to. There's too many foreign voices as well. And this is pretty simplistic. But I know the American audience, when they hear too many foreign voices, they change the channel because it doesn't feel like they're being spoken to. And I know it's crazy to fill it with American and again, very self-serving. I'm just telling you that's the reality of it. There's got to be a familiar voice. There's got to be someone. Hey, I know you're listening. Uh, Joe, Joe Blow in Shreveport, Louisiana. Thanks for chiming in. And you know, NBC does that from time to time and it works. But there's a lot of, there's a lot of problems with regards to what is going to take. And I don't know if you, you know anything, what's going to take, but you do have to cater to that audience, the guy at home who's watching it already, and make it as easy as possible to him. They like big name analysts. You've got to bring those in. Uh, the Bundesliga is going to be interesting with all the American players. I don't think they've found the right recipe yet. And for access, uh, maybe that's coming. But we need a lot of work. Again, you get all these games, but how do we see them all? And how do we navigate it? Because I felt, I, I, 
I got a headache going from channel to channel this weekend. Bang, here, let's go here. Hey, hey Premier League, no longer, the, they went back to that smaller window. No late games on a Sunday or I'm, I'm in LA, man. I'm not getting up at 4 a.m. Come on, hook it up. I like the staggered games. La Liga still gets late games because you know in Spain they go to bed later. A little siesta and then a little football. We'll continue to talk about that. I don't want to get too far into it, but just kind of what happened this week and see how we can fix it. This is the Soccer OG. MLS All-Star Week coming in. We'll be involved in that. We'll be back. Great guests coming up here in the month of September, so stay tuned. Appreciate you. And as I always like to say, when I sign off, Placido Domingo.